It's a seven. What suit? Um, diamonds. Uh, no, 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 wait, um, hearts. Oh my God, seven of hearts, you're right. <laughs> hey, Ash, I guessed the card right. Yeah, truly amazing, Linda. I don't know, I don't know, but I think it's really some sort of extra sense or something, you know, like ESP? Okay, try this. Okay, um, it's a seven. I don't believe it! Of spades. <laughs> Queen of spades. Four of hearts. Eight of spades. Two of spades. Jack of diamonds. Jack of clubs. Why have you disturbed our sleep? Awakened us from our ancient slumber. You will die! Like the others before you. One by one we will take you. Welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where each week we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. My name is Britt Reinhold Hobson. And I am Joey Rogate. And tonight, join us. But before we get there, please make sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and probably threads at this point at a thousand and one by one. Hope I, I, I assume threads will still be going when this is when this is released. Um, who, who knows? It's an ever changing world. Yeah. Let us know I what you think I, about what we have to say. Vote. I hope I hope threads is as successful as Max is so far. <laughs> I mean, I'm still watching it, so. Well, there you go. There it is. <laughs> yeah. So threads. I don't know. I signed up and I signed up that first night. And I think I've been on it once since. You know, they had some some weird things where it was like, you need to give us access to your health care or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to pause on this for just a second, because I mean, anybody can get that information anyways. But I was like, I don't know if I want to I want to give them that right at this moment. So <laughs> I'm paused on that. All right, so maybe we won't be on threads, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It'll probably be something new by then anyway. (laughs) In the few weeks between here and there, somebody will get mad at something. So, as we do in all episodes, it's time for recommendations. Adam, let's start with you. Uh, Yeah, um, so, you know, when this comes out, it'll be, uh, you know, who knows what, I'm not even sure what, when this is coming out. Uh, so most of this stuff's going to be dated in one way or another. Uh, but I'm still over here in Washington doing shows. Um, I'm in the midst of having COVID. Uh, thank you. I'm doing just fine. Uh, and um, But I'm, I'm over here in, in Washington where I have way more access to uh, these things called movie theaters. And I have been seeing Ooh. movies. I know. I've been seeing Ooh. movies in movie theaters. Um and I, I caught a podcast about talking about this movie and 
it happened to be playing up in Bellingham where uh, I was doing where I'm doing these shows. And what a delightful little film, probably the best or second best film I've seen this year. And so I want to give a little love to a movie called Past Lives. Have either of you seen you Past Lives? You stole my thunder. Oh my God, I want to see it. It's also my recommend. Nice. Amazing. Nice. Adam, you say your piece on it, then I'll say mine. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, well, I'll just give a little bit. Uh, maybe I'll do some of the, the plot stuff here. So this is written and directed by a woman named Celine Song, who is uh, primarily a playwright, uh, but she wrote and directed this this movie, this semi-autobiographical film about her. Uh, well, I shouldn't say her. I'll, I'll use the, the character names. Um, uh, a woman named Nora. Uh, and a man named Hae Sung, and they are both from South Korea, and she emigrates with her family to Canada when she is 12, and it's right on the brink of these two having like a nice, real, kind of budding friendship, potentially romantic relationship, but you don't know, and then 12 years pass, and they, they randomly reconnect, and it seems like it's going really, really well, but... Nora wants to focus on being a playwright and she wants to focus on her craft and she, she can't keep doing the, the Skype thing. So she kind of says, we need to stop doing this. Nora meets a man named Arthur at a writing retreat and they get married and they have the, uh, a relationship. And then 12 more years pass and Sung arrives uh, at New York uh, where Nora and Arthur are living and they reconnect after 24 years. Um, I will leave it there, which is still very vague. Um, but there was... There is such great chemistry between, um, and I want to get the actors right, uh, Greta Lee and Tao Yu um, are just amazing. There are some great, like, there scenes that are tense, but not for, like, thriller purposes. It's just like, oh, my God, like, I, you don't really know where this is going to go. Um, and uh, really just a really great screenplay and a really solid ending, like a really great ending to this movie. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there for a sec. Man, I, I'm so happy. I mean, I had this on my recommend. I'm so happy you recommended. I love this movie so much. I've said on different podcasts before, like you know, really how I, you know, how much things stick with me is how much I want to talk about them. Like sometimes I leave a movie, I'm like, oh, I like that, but then an hour later, I'm thinking about something else. I haven't stopped watching, thinking about this for two weeks. I, the ending is fantastic. Um, it's just the 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 the. You know, the scene that they start with that they go back to is one of the most anxious. I've been in a theater in a very long time, and I just loved it so much. And I was, I mean, I'm fully on freaking Greta Lee winning a Best Actor best actor Oscar this year, and I'm not going to shut up about that for the next 10 months. I mean, I am, I've listened to more interviews with, um, with Celine Song than... I could I, like if she's done an interview, I've found it. I I really like listening to her talk about, even as a playwright. I've never seen anything she did, but um, just the way she talked about like making this movie and writing this movie and working with the actors, I just I'm I'm just very enthralled with the entire entire process of this, and I just really love this movie. Yeah, it's very good. It sounds great. I really want to see it. I haven't, so it's not my recommend this week. But wouldn't that have been fun <laughs> if we all three had the same recommend? Yeah, that would have been amazing. All right, so what letdown movie will you be recommending, Britt? <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Definitely, it's probably nowhere in this. It, it is not in the same universe as... Uh, we just as, love, like, the most loveliest movie. <laughs> I'm yeah, not making no, fun of the movie. It's just, it's so good. 
Yeah, no, and mine is not lovely or pleasant, but it was a real fun time when I watched it. Um, so during the pandemic, I discovered Indonesian horror films. And let me tell you, they are so much fun. I just adore them. And there's one film in particular that I do feel like has the spirit of The Evil Dead. So I am going to recommend 2019's The Queen of Black Magic. Um, it is based on a film of the same name from 1981. It was written by Joko Anwar, who's done uh, he's done a couple films. Probably the one that most people know is Satan's Slaves, which is really good as well. But that's not my recommend today. This one was directed by Kimo Stambol. And it follows a group of men who bring their families back to the rural orphanage where they grew up so that they can visit their ailing caretaker. It's a really wild ride, and as long as you can get past some of the shitty CGI, you're just going to have a fun time with this movie. It's gory, it's visceral, it's fun. The Queen of Black Magic. Yeah, right. It, very similar to Past Lives. Very similar. Wow. I mean, yeah. It sounds interesting. I'm looking it up. I mean, it's on AMC+. Plus. It, it's, it's, it's available. It was on Shudder for a really long time, so that that's where oh. I originally saw it. Uh because they had, you know, Satan's Slaves, they had Impendagor, uh, they had The Medium, which is also really good. Um, it, there, there are a ton of... Go watch some Indonesian horror films, friends. It, they're great. Interesting. That's, it's a whole new, whole new land of horror to delve into. I, I, I have zero experience with that, I, 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 am, I am embarrassed to say. Um, this was actually a film that I was watching because it was right at the height of the pandemic. So I was like in our bedroom watching this on the laptop while my husband was out like playing a video game. And he had to stop the video game, come in, give me some headphones and be like, this is too graphic. I need you to put these in because I can't listen to this anymore. And I was like, no problem. It's fine. I'll put wow. my headphones in. So, yeah. Also, 90 minutes. That's a it's, it's, it's that's quick. Swift. It's a swift, quick film with some weird CGI, but you know what? I can get past it. That doesn't ruin it for me if I'm just in it for the ride. So if you recommend, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, where should I start? This is, this is the entry point into Indonesian horror for you? Satan Slaves. If we want to see slaves. like Satan Slaves, which is also a remake of another movie that is was same name from the same time period, like the 1980s, similar okay. to The Evil Dead. Um, and that was written and directed by Joko Anwar. Um, that's the one you should definitely see first. But this one's fun. Okay. All right. No, that, that's awesome. All right. Very cool. All right. So two for past lives and one for 2019's The Queen of Black Magic with also like a secondary Satan Slaves in there. So Brick got a two I mean, for one. Yeah, I did. I, I, you know, I got I to gotta just bend the rules a little bit. You know what? I asked Britt for like a very annoying favor last week and she pulled through like I asked her for a list of 10 anime Japanese anim like animation movies and I was like, "Oh, you know, whatever." By the end of the day she gave me like 30. So, I'll I'll fully support of all bending of the rules for you for going above and beyond for my very annoying which I realized when I after I sent it the time difference, which I did not consider. I sent you this request at like 7 a.m. your time. I was awake. <laughs> I wake up at 5.30, so it doesn't yeah, really but... matter. Plus, Neil got All to right. help me with that, so that was really fun. Um, okay, I'm glad I gave you guys a project. It was like, it's 7 a.m. Who's this asshole in New York just not thinking time zones matter? So, oh, but no, thank I'm you. that person. 
I wake up at 3 a.m. to drive people to the airport. It's no problem to get an email at 7 a.m. Now, if it was at 9.30 and it woke me up, my goodness, because I go to bed by 8.30, 9 o'clock every night because I am a child-free woman. I I can go to bed whenever I want, so 9.30 is the perfect time. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, so... Go watch our recommends, and I'm going to be talking about past lives every few episodes of everything I'm on for the next many months, so everybody strap in! (laughs) I'll talk about Queen of Black Magic then, why not? We'll just keep it going. I love a good gimmick. But tonight we are talking about 1981's The Evil Dead. Five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. Directed by Sam Raimi, starring... Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandweiss, Richard Mac, Re- Richard DeMath, De- oh wow, sorry guys, it's a fellow Italian, I'm, this is whose name I'm botching, Richard D. Manicor, Betsy Baker and Teresa Tilly, and the Necromicon, or the Book of the Dead, making its, its debut for us. This is the first of Sam Raimi's three. He did Sam. He did Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness. There have been two others. We will talk about all the the wonderful world later. Um, Bruce Campbell stars as the iconic Ash. Then Fritz Betsy Baker as his girlfriend Linda. Ellen Sandweiss as his sister Cheryl. Kind of a bummer. Cheryl is. Richard Demansor as Scott and Teresa Tilly as Scott's girlfriend Shelley. IMDb top 250. Do you guys think IMDb I didn't has look. it in there? I didn't look this time. Um, I'm going to go with no. I I just seriously fucking hope not. <laughs> Someone's given their hand away so early. It's I have, bonkers. And I, I have no problem, but no, I real I hope I didn't look <laughs> either. I hope it's not. Sadly, Sadly, IMDb got it wrong, and it is not. Uh, it is not is there. Sad. Woot! Fucking IMDb botch job once again. But that's okay. Now, on to my other favorite. Do we like lists, guys? It depends. Bert, I think you're going to like this list. What about you, Ab? Uh, I, I love lists. Uh, I have been living by them day to day as I've been away. I'm not even sure what day it is unless I have a list. So, yeah, I, I, lists are good. List depends. All right. So I found a list from April of this year from Collider, and it used – it's the 10 best horror movie franchises. And it went through Rotten Tomatoes scores to kind of aggregate everything. So, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is super reliable and always makes sense. Of course. Um, yes. The most reliable. Yeah. It's, it's as reliable as IMDb. It's more reliable than IMDb. But by like, by like a shanked field goal. Um, so oh, this is... Listen, we need, we need ways to rank things. So whatever. It's nothing's perfect, but this will be, so the ten best horror movie franchises. This will not be at all controversial or cause any disagreements amongst people, but that's all right. Perfect. Number number ten, an upcoming worst picture cast rankings episode, Friday the Thirteenth. Number nine, Saw. Number eight, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Interesting. I wonder number how heavily seven? weighted. I wonder how heavily weighted that is for the first one. 
I mean, for real. Right. Like, basically, it's just one, and there, there are others, but you definitely don't need to watch oh, them. That's amazing. And they're, like, violently downhill, but the first one's high. Number seven is Halloween. Okay. Number yeah. six, Candyman. Oh. This I know. is the weirdest list, okay? <laughs> I know. I, I found a lot of lists, but this one I couldn't get away from. I kept having to come back to it because I was like, no way is that where that was. So I was like, well, that's clearly the list I have to use. I mean, my God, I love Candyman. But again, like, I wouldn't suggest any of the others. Like, Candyman is great as a standalone film. Yeah, well, number five, A Nightmare on Elm Street. I do love I Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, let's be Me real. too. I'll... Give me Dream Warriors, like, every day, please. Uh, I was just going to say, we all agree Dream Warriors is the best one, right? It's so good. It's uh, so good. I might, I might actually say New Nightmare, to be perfectly honest. Oh, New well, Nightmare is fucking great, though, so. Okay. I won't argue with New Nightmare, I, because that's my number two, so. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So, I, yeah. All right. Number four. This is actually where I was the most surprised of this entire list. Child's Play. I I'm no kind okay of all actually on board. <laughs> yeah no child's play is actually pretty good yeah I don't I must I I love the first one I just I I, I clearly need to like reengage with like the rest because I, the 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 bride of Chucky really threw me I remember seeing it in a theater in a very shitty theater and I don't know maybe I ate too much sushi beforehand and I didn't feel good or it was like delusional but I, I just I don't know I haven't gone back to it so maybe. That's the one that really blew my mind here. I am so on board with Tiffany. Like, Tiffany the doll is incredible. We just love, I love her. Uh, yeah. So, so like, I'm I'm fully on board with with everything, especially once she's introduced, to be well, perfectly and, honest. And I love, um, I don't know if it's the, just the last one or if it's the last two, but Brad Dorif's daughter ends up being, like, the star yeah. of them. And she's pretty good. Uh, is that true? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right, you know what? I I so I'm not going to be blown away. I'm just going to say this is my my I I've just missed these then beyond the first one well, then. But I, I do I so think that you you've I'll listed some like you've listed some real like marquee franchises. So the fact that Child's Play has made it this far is He's, it it is interesting. I mean, I'm surprised Saw wasn't farther. I don't personally like the Saw franchise. It's not my bag, but it's a really well-known and very well-loved franchise. So I'm surprised that was so low, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I, I, you know, just the, the, the... Some of these, because like with Saw and Friday the 13th, there's so many of them, the re- real shitty ones weigh down the good ones. So... That's fair. Um, so number three, The Conjuring. Oh. <sighs> Like the first one was good. Does that? See, I very it? much enjoy the Conjuring movies. Do you think it uh, like I go does that include over Annabelle and, and the Nun and stuff? It probably does. I assume because that's like the yeah, whole the Conjuring whole universe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's everything. Oh, Annabelle Origins was actually freaking great. Really where, good. Um, it's yes. really, really good. The first Annabelle, not a fan of, but the but that second one with the doll maker, oh my god, super into that movie. Go go watch. I like the f- seen it. I like the first Annabelle, but Annabelle Origins is really good. Like first Annabelle, I just like like I I I, agree, I understand it's not very good. I it's just fun. really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Um, number two, Scream. Yeah, fair. 
I mean, yeah. You know, especially there. You know, there's recency bias there. I mean, this was so. This was after the six one came out. So, but I, I th- I'm good with it there. And number one, correctly, the Evil Dead. It, it it's hilarious because I have a question for you both. Is Evil Dead the most consistent horror franchise? Because I absolutely think it is, especially after rewatching this. Like, from movie to movie through the series, it's they're all good. Oh, yeah, I would say if you, if you, if you, by consistent, I mean consistently not good, yes, then I think it is absolutely the most consistent <gasps> horror franchise. Whoa, that's, whoa. That's We're so, going to have a contentious totally episode totally today. Agree. You're right. It's oh, very consistent. Good. Evil Dead. When I think of Evil Dead, I think of consistency. That's what I think of. So, yeah. Consistent oh, greatness. Are we going to have uh, an cons- angry Brit on this instead of just a sad Brit like we Listen, had on the host? Here's the thing. I also have to stay very calm and talk like this because I just so so I hope that my calm uh, antagonism spurns you to get very frustrated. <laughs> it it will. I guarantee it because nothing pisses me off more than somebody who is just calm while I'm very animated. So this is going to be great. Um, oh, we're going to fight really for the first excited. time. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I, I I chose this movie. I love this movie, but I am here to watch you two fight and just mediate. I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this makes me so happy. Um, directed by Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi directed the the first, you know the original trilogy, The Evil Dead Two, the unbelievably fun Army of Darkness. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, Bruce Campbell, horror. Icon, fucking love him. Shitty movie, worst picture cast on a movie. Maniac Cop, the guys everywhere. Maniac I fucking love Cop. these two. Yeah, they they made they like just willed this movie in to existence, and I love it. Let me ask you guys this question: We've okay. all seen it. We've all seen it before. Have you ever shown this to someone and not given them an, a, an appropriate explanation for maybe what's coming? Because that was, I had a, like a visceral memory. Not with Evil, with Evil Dead 2, yes, but not Evil Dead. I mean, I guess the first time I, because again, this is another one that my uncle gave me. Like, we're just doing all of the movies that my uncle like, <laughs> illegally downloaded and gave to me. Um, but I showed this to my friends and nobody else got it. So I guess, I guess, yeah, but I as I've said before in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I was a pretty weird kid, so I liked weird <laughs> shit. Still yeah, so do. Th- these mo- these movies were just kind of always in my life. For, I don't know how, but like I had I had a VHS at some like when I was little. Then I got the DVD when I still had those before they all got destroyed. So it was always there. About two years ago, though, um, one night my wife went out and. You know, my first son was sleeping, and my sister and my brother-in-law, they live in Connecticut, but they were down, they came over. And I didn't know they were coming over, so I started The Evil Dead. And they're not, they're lovely people. They're not movie people. They're not, like, I would never, yeah. So they they came in, and they're like, oh, don't change. I was like, I don't know, guys. And they watched it, and they they didn't really talk for a while, and they... They were kind of blown away. And then it just kind of, it, it was on HBO Max still, and, and it went into the second. And then, then explaining them kind of why it was kind of the same but different. Like, they are really upset by the middle of it. And, like, not like, a, oh, this movie's getting to me upset. They are like, 
I don't understand how you can watch this. And I was, as I do, over talking when I, because I get excited about things. And when people don't know, I assume everybody wants me to just talk about it. And that didn't work. And they've brought that up a few times. And, you know, <laughs> and that's just a funny story I wanted to share. Because, you know, I never know how to start these things. So I was like, oh, let's just talk about traumatizing adults. But... <laughs> do they still bring it up, this experience of theirs that was... Yeah, any time I've, like, put something on, they're like, what are you, what are you putting on? Like, they, like, need to, like, vet it, because... You're like, it's not Unless Evil it... Dead or Evil Dead 2. It's Army of Darkness, totally different, completely different yeah. genre, basically. It's Ash versus the Evil Dead. We're going to watch Seasons. I'm, I'm into that. Gosh, I really enjoy <laughs> Ash versus Evil Dead, so I, I'd be down. So do I. It was on Pluto a couple years ago, and I just... It's the best thing Pluto did. How 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 consistent was that? It was a, con- a very fucking consistent, Adam. Yeah. Very fucking Con- consistent. Consist- okay, great. Good consistency. Yeah. Got it. Consistently All right. It was a great fantastic. consistency. All right. Actually, I have it down here. Ash vs. Evil Dead is such a fun show. It has the campy horror that we have grown to love with this franchise, but it does not skimp on the gore or the nihilism. Everyone is just as screwed as they were before. That's my consistency. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. It's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Adam, my God, I feel like you're just going to shut, like, you're just going to be like, I'm out, bitches, and just, like, shut off all of your equipment and let us talk about it. No, I definitely, I, I'm going it, to, it's going to have to be you two leading this one. Like, tr- truthfully, it, it just is going to have to be that So way. it's the lighthouse again. <laughs> so, all right, so let's, well, let's yeah. talk because... <laughs> Yeah, he gave the lighthouse a chance. Uh, did he? Did he give it a chance though? He did. I really did. I he did. He wanted. Really he did. he said. Adam said numerous times in that episode, which I, like, I really wish this connected. Like he like, so I appreciate where he came from with that. But this, I love the way this movie starts with the camera like kind of running through the ground of the woods like and then the idea of Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell just sprinting through the woods doing this like I love the visual of it I think it's just such a cool way a different way to kind of get you brought in it's so great it's so unsettling and I do think it really sets the tone for this film and and the way that they keep going back to that shot that very like outside looking in voyeuristic shot I I really enjoy that throughout Yeah, it just it makes my skin crawl when I watch it. Um, I think the opening is, of this is fantastic. I, I would watch this opening anytime. I think it it's just great. Adam, how do you feel about it? Uh, no, nope. well, I I don't have any I don't have any problems with the the sort of hovering spirit through the woods kind of shot that we we go back to. I think that that's that's pretty consistent, not just in this in this film, but in the other in Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness. Um, are, now, are you talking about the opening where they cross into Tennessee and nobody knows how to drive and they're singing a song and they almost hit a car? Or is that what you're talking about? Because well, they're well, they're drinking moonshine from a scene that yes. was cut. Um, because Scott I, I think... is not a great driver. Scott, no, Scott, not... Scott should not be your wheel man. N- n- no, no, Scott's not a great person. He should also see a dentist ASAP. Um, but also, uh, <laughs> it, it, um. <laughs> The, here's the problem with the opening of the movie, which just goes, it just goes into the rest of the film too, is 
and 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 I was I was really trying to find a way to kind of think about this. And and luckily I was editing our uh our Bong Joon Ho ranking episode today. We kept with with Mr. with Mr. uh Bong we kept talking about tonal shifts and how uh he really found a great way of kind of going back and forth be- between the funny and the dramatic and the thrilling and the sad. I what the fuck movie is this? Because I don't think it's actually scary at any moment, nor do I think that it is funny in the way that people think it's supposed to be funny. It's just five idiots in the woods, and I don't give a shit about any of them. I think that's fair, especially for the time that this movie came out in. Um, One thing that I did find out in my research is that, like, choosing to do a horror film was was very much a, um, like, a, a, a... a decision that they made based on um, commodity. They were like, great, we know that we can make a B-movie horror film that could probably make money. So that's what we should do. So we don't think that they necessarily set out with the idea that we're only going to ever make horror films, but they did it for monetary gain, which is kind of understandable. I mean, Sam Raimi was, what, 20, 21 years old when he got this crew together to make this film. He had he'd never done a movie before. I think it it makes sense why it's so all over the place. And I agree. I think that this film is kind of bonkers and, and there is no real tone. And I don't think it's supposed to be funny. I think people found it funny. And that's why it ended up becoming what it is in The Evil Dead, too. See, I think it's very funny, and I think, I, I agree, I do not think this is scary, but I think there's, there's like an unsettledness to it that, that makes it a little bit funnier, which is why it works for me. I will say, for me, there is one scene that is extremely scary, and I'm sure you all know what scene that is. I, I didn't like that scene. I didn't like that scene at all. <laughs> Sam Raimi doesn't like that scene anymore either. Nobody likes that scene, and, and they kind of wish they didn't have it in there anymore. Yeah, I don't, and they, they really went all in on it, huh? Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys watched any of the, like, behind-the-scenes stuff or, like, interviews with people, but, I mean, the, the conditions for this were terrible. Everybody knew that. They lived in said, that terrible-looking place. I mean, you can, it, and according to what I had listened to and heard about their production, Sam Raimi was kind of an antagonistic director, an antagonistic character behind the scenes. It, it, the idea that um, if people were miserable, it would translate onto screen. And I, I do think that did happen in this case, but I don't think that's a way to run a film. Um, I, I truly hope now that he, he doesn't do that to his actors because reading about what happened and listening to the, their own experiences made me really upset. So that that was not fun. You know, the idea that they had to like huddle around uh, the actress who played Cheryl on the ground because they couldn't actually, you know, like put anything over her when she was outside just to give her warmth while she's outside doing that horrific scene. I mean, that's that's upsetting. People getting hurt, people getting hit in the face. I mean... But it builds teamwork and camaraderie and teamwork. You know what else Above builds camaraderie and else. teamwork? Good rehearsals and a, and a really, like, like nice set to be on. Respecting but people. But that takes time and money, and they didn't have those, so they just had to be dicks. They did not have Sometimes. any money, so... No, I mean... 
Bruce Campbell's just figuring out places to go, and I love like get, just getting people in the neighborhood to give food up, so he gets a producing credit. Like I love that. Like I love when people are committed to the thing they're doing because you know who probably wasn't Scott. <laughs> I actually did hear that he was Scotty was like a really big fan of horror films, so he was actually really excited to be a part of this movie. Okay, well, Scott's a tough hang. I really like, I I am very pro this movie. I love Bruce Campbell. I love the three women. Man, Scott could not have died fast enough. Like, at no point was he useful. And he wasn't useless in like, uh, in like, uh, oh, it's, you know, getting the plot to progress way. He was just useless because I think he was just like useless and they were like, fuck Scott. Well, I do think it's really funny that they kind of set him up as the one who who might survive in the end because he's the one who actually goes down in the basement first. He's the one who, you know, is is taking a more a, a more front approach to things, and then he leaves and dies. Uh, and Ash kind of is swept into this hero role that he was never originally intended to be in, which I I really like that subversion in the movie. I think that's a me too because it makes Scott movie. look reckless. Yeah, because it makes Scott look reckless and kind of Ash, the pragmatic trying to figure it out, ends up being the guy. And I fucking love that because, man, if Scott was the hero, this movie doesn't make it out of 1981. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, Bruce Campbell is the reason that this movie makes it out. Yeah, he's amazing. He's got charisma. He's amazing, Adam. Sure, yeah. Bad haircut. A terrible haircut. My God. Terrible haircut. The whole outfit is pretty bad. Um, Bruce Campbell even talks about how, like, Sam Raimi wanted a timeless outfit for him, <laughs> and that heroes they did not do that. Blue. They did not do that. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it is timeless now because everybody knows what Ash wears. Um, but it's pretty bad looking back at it. You know, he has like a notepad and a, and and a pencil in his. Uh, I mean, he's essentially his wearing pocket. something that says it's 1981, folks. Oh, that was one thing. And I, Adam, I wonder if you agree with me on this. The the costuming in this movie reminded me of when you do a theater, a community theater production, and they just find a pair of pants that fit you, not that necessarily look good. And they go, yeah, that'll be fine. We've all had those costumes that you're like, what am I wearing right now? All right, I guess they want me to wear brown cords and a and a white fuzzy turtleneck on stage. Let's do it. Um, but did you did you also get that vibe from the costumes, Adam? Essentially, you mean like that they didn't try? Yeah, I did. I got that vibe pretty hard. <laughs> or that they didn't have any money and they were just like, oh, this fits. We're just going to go with it. I, I mean, whatever. I mean, they're using you, their own cars. Whatever you want to chalk it up to. Yeah, one of those things. Yeah, the costumes were great. I did love, I mean, consistently throughout, I loved the little homages to Michigan, which is now, of course, like, now I'm such a homer, and I'm like, anything Michigan, yeah, go Michigan. Um, (laughs) Are you going to go to the house? Because now all that's left is the chimney. Are you going to take the pilgrimage? Uh, No, I will not. I will not be trying to visit the fireplace of a movie that I think uh, should be buried with the Necronomicon. No, I don't. uh, I don't think I'll be visiting the... uh, (laughs) All right. Well, when when the BPC crew comes 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 out to see you, I'm just gonna take a detour there. You have to bring Adam with you, though. You have to. If you're going, Adam it'll, has to go. It'll be worth it just for the picture of Joey's big smiling face and me just looking sad as all hell, 
Like it'll be worth it. Like, that'd be amazing. Yeah. You'll just have a you'll just have a like mason jar of moonshine. It'll be fine, just like they had in the car. <laughs> the picture is actually be just walking quest- out of frame, drinking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'll just Photoshop me in the background, really excited too. <laughs> <laughs> like jumping up and down. Yeah, jumping out of the burnt chimney. It's amazing. But I mean, I mean, I think the question is, if you're driving to a place and you drive over that bridge, do you commit to still go or you say, you like, don't go, go on folks? the bridge? Sorry, you don't go on it. I, I, yeah, I don't, man, I've driven, I've driven in some sketchy areas, but like, I've never actually driven over something that like fell like that did. I, I, I but I'm definitely of the mindset where I'm like, okay, well, this was fun. Uh, see you next year. Cause I'm not, I'm definitely not continuing on. Nope. Well, no, because my assumption is if it's barely hanging on to get there, it's not hanging on to get back. Yeah. Well, and it even, if there is, if there is a sign that says, oh, potential danger ahead, I am the first person to turn around and go back. When we were in Hawaii, it said area could flood if there's rain. I was like, great, we're turning around, Neil. Neil's like, there's no rain. It is so sunny out. I was like, you don't know. There could be rain at some point. We have to go back. I am the first to go back at the sign of danger. So absolutely not. Would not go over that bridge. I am such a scaredy cat. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm I'm more, um, you know, pragmatically cautious, I'd say, but if the bridge (laughs) breaks, I'm going home. Like, yeah. ow, if ow, the styrofoam I... under the bridge breaks, I'm definitely going home. <laughs> I mean, I would also never let Ash be my navigator. Big fan of Ash. Ash is a hero. Ash is the worst navigator in movie history, potentially. Ash is a terrible navigator. Scotty is a terrible driver. Why did anybody listen to these two? Oh, oh, I know. Are you going to listen to that. Cheryl? Oh, oh what's well, the, like, why? Because they were men in the 80s. I mean, what, what else yep, is going to... exactly. What else, I mean... I I did think it was very interesting on rewatching this film. Like I saw for the first time that I was like, oh, people don't listen to women. And this is highlighting that people don't listen to women. And Cheryl was saying, I'm uncomfortable. Something is wrong. And everyone was like, oh, Cheryl, it'll be fine. Why don't you go lay down? And at some point, Ash did try to take her home. But that was after the tree scene. So, you know, maybe let's believe people when they say they're uncomfortable and want to go home. Yeah, I mean, because they, they made sure of that. And then, I mean, Ash finally being like, all right, let's go now, even though I'm very unsure what happened. But at least there, there, there's a shittier movie, not, not the masterpiece this is. There's a shittier movie where they're like, no, explain to us what happened here. And then she has to explain it. Nobody believes her. And then she's just now reliving trauma and then stuck with no one giving a shit about her. And then you really, like, at least Ash tries to get her out because Ash is here. But if he had listened to her before, maybe they all would have gotten out. That's all I'm He's saying. He's a flawed, like, let's He's listen a flawed to hero. You're right. <laughs> I, I just want to, can we, can we, let, let's just be a little uh, more cautious with throwing the word masterpiece out when, when talking about <laughs> Evil Dead. Uh, You're right. I'm sorry. We are talking about the Evil Dead. Um, we're not talking about the Evil Dead 2, which is a masterpiece. So I totally agree with you, Adam. Um, yeah. We yeah we should just save that term for films that that I think are more deserving of said. Oh sorry sorry word. I mean um, Army of Darkness yeah Army of Darkness masterpiece. Sure. I yeah. wish everyone could see how annoyed Adam is right now. 
don't know. When you have a trilogy of masterpieces, it's hard. But yes, I, so I agree. To not over, are, you, are you talking about the Spider-Man oversell. movies? Is that the trilogy of masterpieces? <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh, I'm really... Come on, me? come on. No, this is too easy. I actually, nah, this is too easy. I, I actually it's don't nice. like the Spider-Man movies at all. I'm really? really not a fan. But I'm not a big fan of like superhero movies in general. And I don't like Tobey Maguire, so that really, well, really turned me off. You don't movies. like Spider-Man or Tobey Maguire. You are shit out of luck there. <laughs> I know, yeah, I tough. know. Well, I, I like... Okay, no, we don't need to talk about Spider-Man. But... but I, I mean, but Sam Raimi that. directing two trilogies is... <laughs> Impressive feet. Yeah. He's got a vision. No? Okay. He does have vision. Whether you like the vision or not. To do, go from... Nobody in 1981 thinks like, alright, this guy's gonna get a Spider-Man franchise in 20 years. Well, well that's... Okay, so... that That's a really interesting thing to bring up, though. The, like, the idea of, like, look at... Because I do think that there are there are a lot of movies that are in this book because, like, of the the shit filming or the catastrophic disaster that was shooting on location or whatever the hell it was, or because a young director showed such promise in an early work. And, you know, I I did watch this movie a couple of times, um, as well as watching every single Evil Dead movie. I did not watch Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, I felt it was good enough That's to have watched the feature films to, to it's consistent get into the world. That's fair. Um, but I don't know. I just like, I, I, I am, I'm like, I don't like this movie. I know I've said that already, but like, I was really trying to think about, so like, why is this movie in the book? And I'm, and I'm not, I'm not trying to push the answer to the question. I, but I, that was really where I kept landing at is, is why is this in the book? Because, and then, and, and, you mentioned Evil Dead 2 it's like somebody could make the case to me for Evil Dead 2 and I would get it I would still disagree but I would get it but Evil Dead is so poorly made the acting is so bad the story is inconsistent and not very good so what so truly what are we rewarding why is this film in the book I could because not it's come innovative. up. How? The budget that they used, the um, the effects that they used on their shoestring budget, the shots that they were able to get because of the type of camera that they used, the um, equipment that they built in order to get those creeping shots. I mean, there are there are for for a first picture. Uh, that was trying to be a, a really like a B movie. I think it's really good. Um, it's not great. And I it's absolutely not one of my favorite movies. It is not one of those movies that I try to pull out and, and watch every year. But I do on this rewatch. I was like, dang, he's got some really good shots and really good ideas. It is not consistent throughout. And it definitely drags in parts. And what is with that stupid necklace that they give to uh, give to Linda? But I still think that it's it's a really admirable effort, and it obviously it, it and sorry. And I know we don't want to talk about like oh, it's an influential film, but it is an influential film. This is one that people do consistently go back to. I don't think that we would have something like Shaun of the Dead if we didn't have evil the Evil Dead personally. You know, you that that's that's what I think. No, I agree with every, and I, it's also you know, 
it's a cult movie. There's still 42 years later, a new one just got made this year that came out. Like, there's a life to this, and, you know, and it's it's a very much... Listen, to, I, I can't argue with it that the acting's bad. Like, clearly, no. but... I think it's just something that works in the world that they build and they did something different and they did something unique that worked and created something more. And I think that matters and I'm, um, you know, and listen, we in the world need Dark Man and without the Evil Dead, we don't have Dark Man. So the Evil Dead matters. I, that's I, why Adam, and that's why all three should be in the book. I, that is just pure poppycock. I'm gonna tell you right now. I just, just, <laughs> just don't. I don't. I don't. And I think, I don't know. It, it's it's really tough because I just think that there are other there are other horror films from around this time or earlier that are more innovative, that are more successful on a, on a shoestring budget. Look at your Texas Chainsaws. Look at your Halloweens. Right. I, and and it, and those seem to do more. Those seemed to elicit more of a reaction. I, I, oh man, I don't know. It, it's really tough. Like and like, I, I think I could, I might be able to like individually pinpoint out the movies that we've covered this year for both of you that you liked the least. I can't by like a country mile. This is easily my least favorite film that we have discussed so far on the podcast. This That's season. okay. It, it is, and I think more more than anything it's just that like it's just i i was just so bored i was honestly so bored watching this movie i didn't find it fun i didn't find it interesting or scary and i'm and and i also i watched the trilogy in one day i actually watched the trilogy in back-to-back sittings because i had that i had that kind of time on my hands and right it actually is it's a really disappointing watch when you see the other movies so i don't know i don't know i Boy, I just had a really shit taste in my mouth. It's like it's <laughs> like I got a whole bunch of that fake blood in my mouth, and that's what I'm tasting right oh. now. Oh. You know, because uh, because like I said, I, I don't I don't think this is a ho- scary, but there is an unsettlingness that connects to me. But there are points where this does drag a little bit, and for the time, the t- the timestamp dragging shouldn't happen for such a, a quick movie. Oh my movie. god! Right. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. That's that's just like that's one of those things. Like if I start arguing that, it's just you know, clearly just making shit up to argue, and I don't want to do that because I'll do that where it matters. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but yeah, no, it totally I, drags. Yeah, but I, like I've seen this movie so many times, and and I just I it, I like I feel unsettled with it, and I fucking love that because most of the time, new you know things I see for the first time don't really affect me. So when something that I've seen over and over still kind of connects with me, I appreciate that. Um, but no reason for the dragging. Um, so let's let's talk about the Book of the Dead. Yes, the Necronomicon, which isn't actually called the Necronomicon in this, but. But it is what we know what it is. It's yes. a hard enough word to say. They, they they did not have the budget for that many, that many syllables here. Um, bound in human flesh, inked in human blood, and also a recording that they decided to play for some reason, because I would have played it no too. Let's what, be real. You know, I, I I actually I saw something. I don't know where. I don't know. I, I was, I had a doctor's appointment today, and I was waiting for a while, and I don't, I fell down some 
some sort of rabbit hole, and somebody was arguing about like, oh, char- you know, characters in movies doing things, and somebody was like, we can't hold a character accountable because they don't know what genre they're in, and I was like, oh, I appreciate that, <laughs> and then I thought about this because I was like, all right, Scott's a dumbass, but you know what, Scott doesn't know, he just thinks he's in the woods and found this interesting book. I would 100% read the Necronomicon if I got my hands on it. Are you kidding me? I would be all about that. I don't even fucking care. Man, if you I knew not. I was in a horror movie, do you mean, I'd do, do you mean, it. Do you mean the book that looks like Ash's ex-girlfriend? Is that the book that we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> what, a, yep. what an awful, like, I don't mean even crude. I just mean, what a terrible joke. What a, what a god-awful joke that was. Looks like your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate Scott. Scott I think sucks. you fucking hate this whole movie, man. No, I, you know what it is? It's just your hatred of Scott coming out. It's just, it's just clouding your view yeah, of the rest Scott. of the, It's just everything else. You take Scott out and you're like, you know what? It was actually you good. Know what? When Sh- Sh- Cheryl's demon turn really is great. Oh, it is, though. I fucking love it. It's, a, it's, it's my favorite scene of the movie. When she starts predicting the cards and then she comes about that you're all dead one by one. I fucking love it. It has my favorite shot in the movie, which is 100% when Cheryl stabs Linda right in the ankle. Uh, <laughs> brutal. Brutal. I, but I love when they're just playing cards bored. They're just not really sure what to do with their friends, maybe friends or friend sister's trauma, whatever she really is to them, and she just starts naming out cards. When she turns around, I fucking love it, and I'm in on it. I love how uninterested Ash is and Linda being like, I think it's ESP that I have, and I can completely see this <laughs> happening in like a college, like a college setting with like the boyfriend and girlfriend who are together, but you're like, we don't really know why they're together, but that's okay. And they're together uh, because their roommates are together, so it's just exactly, easier than making other decisions. It's it, that was very legit to me. He's just like going through it like, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. And, you know, especially with everything that was coming out at this time about, like, ESP and trying to prove psychic abilities, it makes sense to have this in here. Uh, So I I appreciate and enjoy that scene so much. Me too. I think that whole thing is just, it's a really fun way to get, like, the demons in because, you know, know, it's the the wind, the glass hasn't broken yet, but, you know, the, the... just the really interest, the really cool camera work coming in, and then for that to be like the turn. Because clearly it's Cheryl, right? It has to be Cheryl. So, of course. Um, she poor just, Cheryl. Yeah, poor Cheryl. Just the fucking roll, short end of the deal. Maybe don't go with, don't be the fifth wheel with your brother and his, your brother's terrible friend. I, I Maybe fucking like hang out and draw because she should be a professional artist, not hang out with Scott. I wouldn't let Scott drive me anywhere, especially if he's been drinking moonshine. Even if he had been stone cold sober, Scott would not be driving me anywhere. Um, But, you know, it was a different time. It was the end of the 70s, 1979, when they started filming this. Um, So, you know, they didn't know any better, I guess. I don't know. I feel like Cheryl just... Cheryl's a little lonely soul. So I do have a question for both of you about this film. What subgenre of horror do you think this falls into? Adam's like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, consistent. Is that a subgenre of of horror? Um, no, Adam, try harder. <laughs> Shit. 
like su- supernatural comedy. Because, yeah, do you, do you want to take a stab at it, or are you just going to go with shit? Because that's fine, too. I don't. Shit horror. <laughs> I don't, I mean, it. This I I would I would give actually I think Joey's answer is great but I I would give that to Evil Dead too I don't know I truly don't know actually I actually think that this might be like cosmic Lovecraftian <laughs> horror truly I do because in in cosmic horror in in Lovecraft um, there's usually an unknowable force that is capable of destroying the world and non-human entities influencing humans. There's some type of evil codex or forbidden knowledge that will drive people insane. There's religion and superstition. And there's not a ton of religion in this, but there is like the superstition of what's happening around them and the superstitions from in the wood. And there's also uh, risks and of the knowledge. The inc- who reads the incantation the, the, in the recording? That's a priest, right? It's it's I believe it's a priest who is studying a book that he's told he's not supposed to. And so there's some religion there. And and the risks of knowledge uh, of the risks of of something happening when you decide to dive into unknown knowledge. So I think that this and and plus, you know, Necronomicon, um, which is a a Lovecraftian um, device. It's what he created it himself. He had a dream about it. And then was super supportive of other authors using the Necronomicon because it actually created a sense of realism around the book. Um, And then in his own pseudo history of the Necronomicon, he used historical figures like John Dee, who is an English mathematician, astronomer, astrologer, teacher, occultist, and alchemist who worked in the court of Queen Elizabeth I. Um, You know, he used him as somebody who translated the book. So, So there is this sense of like, Lovecraftian horror that does come through this movie so I think it's a cosmic horror personally but that's I just wanted to put that out there that was a really good explanation I know that was so much better than I really can add to I would have said yes absolutely I yeah (laughs) all right show off you you fucking win this one (laughs) sorry it's it's cosmic horror I get really excited Cosmic horror would have been my next guess, just for the Obviously, record. everybody, you know, I, I supernatural get it. comedy or clearly Lovecraftian cosmic horror with a really smart and thoughtful explanation was and, clearly and you, where I was. You know, you just didn't give me enough time. Oh yeah, that that was your ranking because clearly mine was third behind consistent and then and then shit. So then yeah, then it would have been yes, yes, consistent. Cosmic. No, I feel like consistent horror. That's fine. It's you know, it's a, it actually might be better than my explanation because it is the most consistent franchise. Yes, it is. I see. I'll, and I will agree with you on that one. It really is the most consistent horror franchise that, that's out there. Gosh, you're so salty today. <laughs> I know. It makes me so happy. It's so funny. <laughs> and, you know, well, Treasure of the Sierra Madre just dropped and we all just, you know, we all kind of atomed it. So, you know, it's fun when we're all on different sides of things. Well, it's funny because I don't think that I would be such a hard defender of this movie if Adam wasn't such a, like, cynic. I just, I have to now. But I I do certainly appreciate that. Yeah. You dig in sometimes. You gotta dig in. But I don't know. I I, I would have loved 
to you know seen this movie when it came out in theater and like what it was like what the experience was with the you know expectations and how much it was because you know in the book they talk about like this having the same um you know the same effect sorry as like the Blair Witch Project but I couldn't find anything that really validated that that I found but I could see it being true I mean it was it it was a video nasty uh, which is kind of a a pretty right. incredible thing when you think about it, especially looking back at the movies that are video nasties and, and this, like this is nowhere near cannibal Holocaust. So it's no. it's very interesting that it's it's in the same it, it's well, cannibal Holocaust was prosecuted and this movie was not, which is a huge a huge difference between them. But it still is in the same places like Driller Killer. I spit on your grave, the last house on the left. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it did get this recognition and it did get a cult following. And because of the obscene it caused an effect. of it. Yeah. And, and it caused reactions, which it did. You know, and and I, I love because, you know, everywhere I, I, everywhere I was reading about this movie, the, the one very, very consistent thing was Stephen King's love for this movie, which makes me so happy. Yeah. He like they saved Sam Raimi's uh, career, basically. Yeah, he made it, and, and I mean, I think that's so great that he was really the driving force behind this getting money to get distribute, distributed. Um, I want to say that word completely wrong, and I think that you know it got bought because he pushed, and I think that you know when things like that get that recognition, I think that's special because I think that's how things have to endure, or else we end up with all soulless bullshit. And I think this is not that. Well, I'm kind of concerned about like just something that's happening nowadays. I mean, so many so many movies and shows are coming out on streaming platforms and then when they don't perform the way that the platform wants, they just take it away. So I, I worry that, you know, certain movies are not going to get that cult following because they can't go find them, uh, you know, in in a video store. They can't go to like the darkest depths of, of some creepy DVD place and, and find like some random random movie that someone was talking about and that's something that kind of scares me with this age of streaming how are we going to get those cult classics if they're not going to be released for us to purchase or or find outside of a streaming platform i know because every you know growing up everybody kind of knew that one older weirdo who had access to things and you know now that guy would everybody on like the facebook moms groups would be talking about staying the fuck away from him but then Back in the day, that guy was like, guys, you, you need to watch Evil Dead, and here's some cigarettes that I shouldn't be giving you. Like, right? Like, you need the creepy guy, and the creepy guy's gone. You know, I I just, over the, uh, the, 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 like, seven, the first seven days of rehearsal during my breaks, I was, I read, um, Tarantino's Cinema Speculation, and a lot of it is about movies he saw at a very certain age, and the one thing that I, I thought was really interesting about the read was that the main movies he talked about I, I knew of, I'd either seen or heard about, but he listed so many movies between 1971 and 1979 that I had just like, I was like, what, what is this? And, and I know that Tarantino himself actually worked at video archives and was that guy, but I, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to piggyback off of that in general because like we are kind of those people in a way, but our platform in a, in a way is so small that when you had that direct contact with people i mean i'm sure we all were a version of this where we'd go to the movie store and be like 
oh, do you know when you're going to get your copy of Blank back in? Because I'd really like to rent yep. it and be like, nah, not for yeah. a while. But if you wanted to see that, and then there would just be this recommend yep. that they knew. And and yeah, I definitely, we are losing that for sure. Um, and and as, as especially as somebody who just digs physical media, you know, it's it's like if it doesn't get a release ever, right? If, yeah, if it is just on streaming and nothing else, and, yeah. and Netflix right. is like, oh, that didn't do well enough never to be seen again yeah, that's a bummer it's so disappointing and I, was, and I was just reading how like mike flanagan's been fighting with netflix to get um his shows released on physical media and they're just not doing it in this like whole battle that he's really pushing and and that sucks but um you guys know the show hot ones where they all yeah. they eat the hot wings i love hot ones okay. Um, have you guys seen the one with Matt Damon and he, when he talked about how, you know, DVDs like allowed for movies to have a second life and how now without it, these things are just dying and they're not getting that second life. It's a really interesting watch because the host who I, I, I love that host. I think he has really good questions yeah, and these people are dying. They gets people really vulnerable, but he also gets smart people just to kind of talk about things. And he asked about that and he talked about how like, oh, you, you know, you'd be in a movie, you know, it's good, but it didn't perform whether it's marketing or whatever. And then, but the DVD was there and it could make it with Best Buy or all these things and word of mouth. And now that's just kind of not there. And I think we're in this, you know, I hear people say it all the time, like, oh yeah, no, I'll see that if it's like nominated for a thing. And I'm like, well, no, see it because it looks good to you or interesting to you. Like, that's why we should see things so that when it comes out, you have an opinion on what doesn't. And, you know, and I listen, I know things are expensive and I know nobody has time, but like, I don't know. I think we should be broader than just if it gets nominated or not, because I think that's, that's just a limited view. I guess we all have to make choices about what we, what we, what we take it to. Like, I'm not judging, but I just think, I don't know, try to absorb as much as you can to have an opinion. It, like, I, if, if a movie looks interesting, I am going to rent it because I want, I, I want to give them that revenue so that they can see people are interested. I am concerned about many of the things that are on streaming services. Like, I would love to purchase, um, all of the Mike Flanagan shows. There's this incredible French show called Marianne that was only went for one season on Netflix. It is probably the scariest show I've seen in a very long time. It's fantastic. It will probably never get a physical release. I want to get Arcane because it is one of the most beautiful animated series I've ever seen. Will it get a release? I have no idea. And what's going to happen to all of this incredible media that people have have put their hearts and souls into i want those to have the opportunity to be like evil dead to to have a life and to continue even after it was you know called a video nasty and taken off the shelf yeah because even like in these worst picture cast we do like you know bad movie b movies that we love right so Tiffany but, like, you... <laughs> yes exactly Exactly. You've all been on it, thankfully. Um, but so much of those movies, it's like, yeah, this thing disappeared, and then someone found it 20 years later, the one copy, and revived it and sold it, and they found an audience. Like, And that's because these things existed somewhere and not just not just there. I wish. I mean, it, you know, I used to own hundreds and hundreds of DVDs. When they were all destroyed in Hurricane Sandy, I just never had the oh. heart to rebuy them. And I, I wish I, wish I started back again. But, like, I bought one DVD last year. It was for After Sun, because if that movie ever gets lost, I would be devastated to the world. So I just watched that and cry. But that's the only one I bought last year. And, like, that that sucks. And, like, that sucks. I should be better about it. But trauma. Well, and, and 
you know, whether this will probably throw a wrench in the whole the whole thing of me shitting on the Evil Dead movies, but like I own the what's called the Groovy Collection, which is consists of Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Ash versus Evil Dead. I also purchased the four disc 4K edition of Army of Darkness, uh, not because I necessarily knew I was gonna like the movie, but because I think having this is important right because despite my feelings on evil dead i know where evil dead stands in sort of the pantheon of film history especially horror history right and so whether or not i will love them like in a very real way doesn't matter to me because ultimately we're the weird person behind the shelf at a video store trying to to you know right and like, and I could totally like, I could see three of us on a on a shift, and somebody comes up with Evil Dead, and me being like, take it back, and Brit giving me shit, and being like, no, 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 that's great, and you know, I, that's what's awesome about this. But unfortunately, there are people out there who just don't skip the whole part where they're looking for anything new anyway. You know, that's where are the weirdos. Right. Yeah. Oh my god, now. I want to commission a piece of art of the three of us as like video clerks, just like giving people our movies that we want them. Oh God, that's that's like the best vision I, I ever. It makes me really happy. Sorry, please continue. No, because I, I think uh, Adam, I think everything you said is correct, and I think it's so much beyond like I like this thing or not. It's like why it matters, and that's the discussion to have, right? Like I think we're all people who I think because we talk about movies, but I think before we did this, we were probably people who recommended movies to people because it's something we go out and see. And, you know, I've had people say like, oh, like if my sister asked me to see a movie, I would give her different recommends than if. Kieran texts me, it's like, oh, what should I watch tonight? Like, right? Like, you have to kind of also know who your audience is, and that's super important, right? Like, you're not... I've made some mistakes. I once... Once watched some... I once told someone to watch Antichrist. I didn't think about it, and I think it still ruined his life. Like, he, he, he broke up with his girlfriend and moved to Arizona within, like, a month. Like, and I will never forget him hysterical crying the night after he watched it outside of a bar in Astoria. So that really taught me a lesson about knowing your audience and who. Because I had just watched it, I was like, oh, this, that was dope. I really enjoyed that. Um, I, have a new, I have a new intimate appreciation of Mr. Willem Dafoe. And he was like, oh, Joey, what should I watch? And I was like, you should watch this. And it literally ruined his life. And um, that's why... The power of cinema. You know your audience, but it also... Yeah, but I think it also is, you know... It's important to to see things beyond what maybe you do or do not like because so you can talk about bigger things. I think it's important to watch things that might make you uncomfortable or something that might not be what you want to see um, because it, it will broaden your horizons or it will show you what you don't enjoy and you'll be able to have an opinion about it because nothing makes me angrier than people who have opinion about, opinions about something they have not seen yet. I hate that. You, you, you can't very, have an opinion I, yeah. about it. Right. It might not work for you. And maybe and that's, that's not fine. your thing, but like, right. But like, oh, I, I don't like that sort of thing, so it's going to suck. It's such like lazy criticism. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, you know what? This is one of my favorite episodes because that was my, one of my favorite conversations we've had so far. So, <laughs> Evil Dead, you do it again. What a fucking masterpiece. Consistent. Bringing out the best in everybody. Consistent masterpiece. <laughs> Brings out great conversation pieces for us all. I agree with the second half of that. Sentence. 
Alright, so who is you know, once once the once the four turn to demons, who's everybody's favorite possessed Sumerian demon? Cheryl. I really like Cheryl. I have to hold on. I'm gonna I, I gotta make sure I get the character right here. Um it it's I for me it's Linda. I mean, she is pretty good too. Me too. Her I consistent love smiling Linda. as he keeps like, it, yeah. it is. It's. I no. I'm not saying this movie is funny, but that did make me laugh. Her consistent smiling through the entire thing was was pretty funny. The 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 childlike laughter is with that giant smile is so unsettling to me. I, I I love Cheryl and Cheryl again. That's my favorite scene in the movie. But Linda is my favorite demon by far. Like, she... I wanted Demon Linda to survive and just ruin the world because I wanted to hang out with her for a little bit longer. Well, I do love the fact that that whole, like, her kind of, like, baby laughing wasn't scripted. They were just trying to find something different for her to do. So she and Sam Raimi were trying things out, and she started doing that laugh, and the crew men were like, you need to stop. That is just the worst thing we've ever heard. And both of them were like... We've got it. We have it now. It's one of those like beautiful moments in filmmaking uh, that that just comes from great collaboration on a horrific yeah, side. I, I, well, and, and it's the kind of thing God, that you I, can't like pre pre. And I, I mean, I know these movies are wildly different, but like you can't pre visualize the laugh. Do you know what I mean? Like that is the kind of thing that you need real humans in a space doing shit, just trying things to find the one that works. I'm failing at things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, I mean, that's one thing. Just sorry, really quick. Britain and I would be able, just as actors, like, the amount of times you get things right on the first try is pretty fucking slim. And it, it is all just a series of, like, let's try that. Nah? All right. Here's the next let's thing. Let's try here's this something thing. different. Exactly. Yeah. And that's so cool. That's such, like, a cool way of the way th- these things go. And that's why I love when you guys talk about acting, because... I have no idea. Like, I could assume you're not getting that right, but like, I don't know. I you know. so uh, like, I think that's just such an interesting way, and like, the, 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 that 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 human collaboration of like, oh shit, this this is it. Like, that's awesome. And working on a film is so much different than even working in a um, like on a on a play because in a play you need to be incredibly consistent from performance to performance. You need to know where people are going to be at so that you can prepare yourself for what's coming next because being in a show is exhausting no matter what you do. Um, But you still have to find ways to make it new and interesting for yourself. So you're not just on, you're not just on autopilot the entire time because as soon as you're on autopilot, then it doesn't, you can feel that something's off with, within the show whereas from my experience like when you're doing a a movie and filming a scene you do it over and over again until you get that shot until you get that shot maybe you'll do it a couple different times the same way but there's always that one shot that's perfect that's exactly what they were going for and it doesn't necessarily have to be consistent because they're just going to keep trying it different ways until they get what they want and you don't always have that opportunity in theater you have to find that perfect the perfect shot and and learn how to recreate it time after time after time it's super interesting i have no experience with it but i I think it's fascinating and i love hearing you guys talk about it my next question is how badly did scott really want to chop up shelly like he didn't even he was like gotta cut her up didn't even problem solve 
Do you think Scott was like a, a secret serial killer that just wanted to chop up women? I mean, he wasn't like, oh, let's tie her up and see if we could get her out of this, right? He was just like, nope, let's cut let's, as many pieces as possible. I will say the uh, the the blood hitting the lens and turning it red. That's actually that's my favorite shot of the movie. Is that? Um, it's a fantastic shot. It's a good shot. Moment. Uh, it's so cool. My favorites. My favorite shot is. Oops, sorry, Adam. No. Let oh you, no, no. Let no. you throw some hate on it real quick. No, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. I just don't think Scott is smart enough to actually think about that. I think it was completely reactionary. I don't think now maybe now and so whether or not it was malicious is one thing, but like he was definitely like once he started, he's like I I've come this far. I I must keep chopping. It's pot committed. Pot committed. He he had to be exhausting. He's in very good shape. My favorite shot is when Ash goes in the basement to get the shotgun shells and it starts raining blood and then the projector comes on. So it like rain, it like rains blood over. I think that's such a cool visual when he's standing in front of the projector bleeding. I think that's just, I think it's really cool. Really interesting. Um, it's unique. I loved it. I, I, I that's something like I, I, when it's coming, because it drags a little bit right before that. So like, I'm like, Oh, that's coming. So I, I get a little hyped up before it. It's a good shot. I love when the um the light bulb fills with blood. I don't know what about that, but I have a visceral like shiver when I see that. Um, it just makes me really uncomfortable. I don't know why. Probably because I'm like, yeah, everybody's gonna get electrocuted. Uh, but because if that happens in your house, you're fucked. It's like, you're oh fucked. no, I don't think homeowners insurance covers this. I mean, you know, they try to get out of like, everything with homeowners insurance. So is that an electrician? Is it like? Like, who are you, an exorcist? Like, I don't know what you call there. Like, that's call just a like a priest bar. That's also an electrician? I don't know. I don't think a priest can help with this because, like I've said before, this is a Lovecraftian story. It's a nightmare. Yeah. And Adam's still just over there like, can we stop talking about this movie? <laughs> no, I was just trying to think of the best answer to that. And I, I didn't know. I really don't, you know. You know, maybe like somebody who cleans up in like an ER room at the end of the day, like you know, whatever, whatever that person is. Sanitation, strong That's stomachs. What you want. Yeah, yeah, sanitation, not, sanitation, not probably. me. Yeah. No, my God, the people who clean up in medical facilities are saints. Yes, they are. Saints. Absolutely. Oh, um, I was super pumped when Ash pokes Scott's eyes out. I thought that was a, oh, that was yeah. a cool visual, fun way of getting Scott out of our lives. Um, you gotta go. A good a good eye gouging scene is always gonna make you squirm. I mean, it's always a winner in my book. Yeah, and then you know we're just we're at the end. Ash figures it out, survives, and probably goes to jail for the rest of his life. My favorite uh, scene is actually the ending. <laughs> is it? The, 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 I, the fire and the, the hands popping out and everything? I, That's cool. I love, love the I, effects. I, well, I do love all of that, but I love when he steps out into the world. He steps out into oh, the that, sun. Oh, like the end end. The end end. When he, he steps out, you think that he's survived, and then it just starts coming at him real fast. Awesome. And, yep. and he breaks his jaw in real life. 
and you have no idea if if he survives or not. I just think it's such a perfect ending, uh, it, which I'm sure Adam hates, and that's okay. He's allowed to hate it, but I I just I love it. I love how the, this movie ends. I agree. I think it's a fantastic ending, and it just leaves you wanting more. Yeah, it really does. Plus, it's back to that, like, voyeuristic shot that's just floating around, this time on a bicycle. Yeah, I mean, I, I, ju- I really just do love, like, the shot and the feel of all of that. So, like, opening and ending, like, closing the book on it, I think is great. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And it's just every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, it was worth it for that, for the ending. I like that. You know, like I said before, this isn't a movie that I go to very often. It's not my first Evil Dead that I'm going to pull out and, and play. But it's... It, it's fine like it it's still for me is a good watch i fucking love it we can just leave adam out of this conversation (laughs) well now i think we should talk you know briefly uh, everybody's seen all five of these movies right yes yes yeah i mean thoughts i mean i I, you know i think we've talked about the other ones what about the 2013 and the new one the non- Hold on, hold on, hold on. I I would just love, I would be remiss if I did not explain the circumstances under which I watched the original trilogy this last Sunday. So really quick, I'll tell this as quickly as I can. So I I hadn't seen my family other than my dad because I'm staying with my dad. So I saw a bunch of my family on Saturday, went with my dad. Dad had a little bit too much to drink. So I drove home. Um, and the next day he, he wasn't feeling so hot. You know, he, he's 59. He had a lot of beers. He was, he was taking it easy on Sunday. So it's 4 PM and he goes, I'm going to take a nap. And I'm thinking at 4 PM, way to go, dad, you are living your best life. So I watch, I watch evil dead and I take notes and he comes out about two minutes into evil dead two, And he's groggy as shit. And he's like, what the fuck are you watching? And I go, I'm watching evil dead Two, And he's like, all right. And then I was like, do you, I can turn something else on. And he was like, nah, fuck it. I don't care. And so he sits down and he watches Evil Dead 2 with me. He only needs a little bit of explanation about kind of what's up. And I'm like, this is what's going on. He's like, okay. And it was such a, it, it was worth it just to watch it with him. Because what Ash is running awesome. through, the constant maze of rooms that somehow exist in that cabin. My dad was like, that's a fucking big cabin, huh? And I was like, it sure is. It sure is. Great cabin. Um, holy shit. Uh, I got it. it was worth watching Evil Dead 2 just to watch it with my dad, who was hungover and, and was like very confused. It was worth it. Absolutely worth it. That's I mean, that sounds like the amazing. best possible outcome. It, like, there's, I love watching a film with someone who has no idea what to expect, and then just it being kind of gold. It's like the best way to watch it. I, I love those those it, that happenstance is so nice. I actually watched the um, the remake for the first time last week. <clears throat> Because when it came out, I mean, it came out at a time when the remakes of Slashers were kind of like we had so many. We had mm-hmm. My Bloody so Valentine. Much. We had, you know, you know, House of Wax. We had we had so many at that time that were just so terrible. And Cabin in the Woods had just come out like, what, a year, two years before that. So I just 
I was like, I don't want to watch this. I don't think it's going to be good. I'm not going to enjoy it. So it was available on Mac. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it. I'm just I'm going to sit down and see what's going on. I told him, yo, this is what I'm going to watch in bed if you want to watch it with me. And he was like, no. So I put headphones in and, and watched it next to him. And I had such a blast watching that movie. It was so much fun. And I was like, this is fine. I'm I'm into this. I, I'm okay with everything that's happening in this movie. I will watch it again. It is up. I think it's like one of the best remakes that has come out in the like in the last, I don't know, 15 years. Nothing will ever top the ring. We all know that. I love the ring remake, but this one's pretty damn good in my opinion. It was fun. Made me uncomfortable when she slits her tongue. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, I I uh Jane Levy who's the lead of that. I like her a lot. Otherwise, it is my fifth ranked of the five. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's just... Up there for me. At, yeah, and, uh, that's great. And I, and I, like, the first time I watched it, it was a while ago, and I had a little trouble getting through it, and I was like, huh. Was, I think at times they lose kind of the fun for just, like, let's see how much blood we could fit in. But... Let's see, I was into that. I enjoy it, ultimately. It's It's... And I, I, again, Jane Levy, I think is great. It's just, it is number five for me, like Horde. I don't think it would be my five, but I, I think I, what I appreciated about it was at least like kind of giving them a reason for being there, you know? Yeah. Like it seemed, okay. Yeah, for we, sure. And, 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 and staying even, there. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, there was, and not that these movies have to make the utmost of sense to work, but there was at least some, some logic put behind the reason why they're out there and, and why they, and why they have to stay and, and all that. Um, but then I, I also agree with Joey where I'm like, it just, a lot of it seemed like how, like when she has to, would she spoiler, I guess when I forget the, when the girlfriend has to cut off her arm, I was like, this is holy moly. This is, this is, this is really going for it there. Aren't you? Fetty I, was Alvarez. With that. I yeah. thought it was great. Holy shit. <laughs> when she was using that nail gun. Oh yeah. Give me a nail gun all day. That was <laughs> nasty. I, it made me uncomfortable and I was like, thank you. Make me more uncomfortable, please. Um, it, I don't know. I was in for a gore fest. I I just wanted to watch some Gorn. Let's be real, and that delivered to, for me when I was when I was watching it. Actually, over my shoulder, Neil kept asking me questions and like watching it, even though we couldn't hear it. And I was like, "Do do you want me to take my headphones out?" And he's like, "No, I'm fine like this." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, whatever, man." Uh, and then it had the the dumb stinger of Bruce Campbell at the end, just going groovy. And I thought that was stupid, but I was into it. Yeah, I didn't love that either. That 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 def- that felt a bit forced at the end. Well, they originally had an ending where she gets into like a truck with Ash. I would have been I would have been good with that. But I think they they also had her still like a deadite, like she wasn't she was possessed still, so they were like, mm, "We don't really want that to be the ending." So, that's why they cut it. I think All they right. had endings for it, but yeah, it's too many. When you have that many, like usually, um, like Army of Darkness. Uh, Army of Darkness is so much fun. I oh my god, Army that. of Darkness is the best. It's just a, a joy. It's so much fun. I love it so much. Such I great really one Like I, I just said the same sentences in just different order, but fuck, it's fun. I love it. Hail to the king, baby! I I love it. 
Adam what about so the new one? What did uh, you guys think about the new one? I think I really enjoyed it. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I had fun with it. Um, that cheese grater, Jesus Christ. Uh, but I think it would be my fifth. I think it would be my number five. I think, and, and I don't actually know if this is a detriment against the movie or not. Um, the trailer kind of gave a lot of the big scares away. And uh, the trailer was too much. Yeah, it was. It was. And so then when when we when I watched it with Melissa, it was those moments were still kind of scary. But but then it didn't seem to, it didn't build upon anything really that much from the the trailer, which was a a bummer. Um, I didn't think it was bad. Uh, but yeah, fucking god, I already didn't want. I don't want to get on that rant again. Trailers suck, and it just gave away too much of the movie. I don't um, even watch them. Like I literally won't watch this a trailer, trailer for a movie. This I haven't watched the trailer lot, for but... Barbie. I just, I refuse. Like, I, I, I can't do it because I don't want things spoiled for me. Yeah. But I, 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 I love the idea of the evil dead in the city. I thought it was, I, I loved the, 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 um, like the keyhole shots. What, what are those things at the door? Oh, yeah. I, that I, was. Why am I forgetting the words oh, like the, a dumbass? Whatever. The, like, look. Yeah. The eye hole. Yeah. Yeah, the, the peephole. I thought the I peephole. The, yes, exactly. I love that when the little girl was looking through. I was, I was really creeped out by all of that. Um, the parking garage stuff. I really, you know, at the end, I thought it was great. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and so in theaters, when I watched it again, when you know, watching all of this, I, I had more fun with it the second time too. I think it's just, I think they, um, they were able to keep the the consistency of the evil dead while also doing something a little bit different and, you know, kind of doing their own thing a little bit. I, 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 I dug it. I thought it was fun. I also, okay, but, and, and sorry, and this is actually a legit question. I, I promise there's actually no snark behind this, but because we've just talked about uh, kind of about all, all of them. Can, can we actually say that this is a consistent franchise? It, and what I mean by that is at least in terms of tone, because I got to I got to be honest, the the remake in 13 and Evil Dead Rise feel leaps and bounds different than the trilogy. I mean, yeah, you and, and I un, I understand what you mean when you both say fun, but there is nothing fun about the two the last two movies. They are very serious and gory and violent and like uh, Army of Darkness in particular is like a straight up comedy. Like it is just there's nothing even horrific about it. So it's it just, they feel, the other two movies feel like a totally different vibe. Just absolutely. It's okay to have different vibes in the same franchise, especially when it's not a continuation of the original story, which neither of these are. Um, I mean, Evil Dead 2 isn't even technically a continuation. It's a requel of, of Evil Dead because they couldn't get the rights to Evil Dead. So I, I'm okay with it having a completely different tone. By consistent, I mean, for me, they all work as films. They they don't necessarily need to be in the same, have the same tone to work. They're still a part of the Evil Dead franchise. And that's why I think it's consistent because they, they're good compared to other franchises like... Ooh, I don't know. Um, like Saw. Saw has really good films and really shit films um, it, that cannot be held up next to each other. Whereas I feel like with most of these, you can hold them up next to each other. 
and I, you know, I do, you know, I, I think like visually there's consistencies, and I do think Evil Dead Rise had some fun parts. Like I, 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 I enjoyed, I like I had fun with it too. Um, like listen, not as much fun as Army of Darkness, but I think like you watch them, you know their army, their you know their, I'm sorry, you know their Evil Dead movies, like you know what you're watching, and you know you know they're gonna read a book, you know, like and those things really work, and they're able to do it while being, you know more serious been i think taking you know not having ash in it going more serious i think is a is a good way because i think you know bruce campbell brings a very specific energy that that works and to try to like force that doesn't so kind of make smart choices with who you have and you know if they're more serious go more serious and let it be that and that's i think that's that's where it comes in because it's still it's it's the evil dead where you know, you are, like I, I, I love the Friday the Thirteenth movies, but some of them they just feel like parodies at points. Not, hey, this is an Evil Dead movie. This is a Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's like, oh, what? They just they don't know what they're doing here. And well, I think and that's def- what. And I wouldn't say that the drop off or like the, the, the the two newer ones are like doing a disservice, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, to, sure. to the original trilogy. Um, and definitely not in the way that, like, J- when fucking, you know, fucking Jason Voorhees goes to space and, and Jason X. Like, I'm not saying that they did anything like that. I just, they're, it's it's just, it is interesting because they just, to me, and again, and I'm not, I'm not deep into this world. I'm not a big fan of it. But Evil, the, the Evil Dead, I guess, remake or whatever the hell it was in 2013 and the new one. They just feel like totally different films, and and I and Brett, I absolutely agree with you about the soft films, like varying in quality, and I can't even say that I've seen any of them, but at least, and this is the maybe the shittiest comparison to make, at least all of those movies feel like they're all in the same franchise. And then to me, I look at the Evil Dead movies, and I'm like, these these second two just feel like they're totally totally different movies because of how much more serious they are. Well, originally, um, Sam Raimi wanted a, a with Evil Dead, the remake in 2013. He was actually a producer on it and he chose Fede Alvarez, who was the director. I believe that's how you say his name. I'll, I'll look it up in a minute. Um, but he chose him because he thought that he was going to be able to to give the world what Sam Raimi wasn't able to do in 1981. And so they went with a gruesome kind of more nihilistic tone because they had the budget to do so and because he wanted to do a more practical practical effects heavy movie instead of re- relying on too much CGI. And there's some shitty CGI at the beginning like with the flames. Not not great, not the best part, but it just the movie goes up from there, I promise. And um and so I, I do think it's interesting that you bring that up when when originally that was Sam Raimi's hope and when they went to Evil Dead 2 they kind of came to the conclusion that it would be within their tool set to move to a more comedic horror genre instead of trying to keep it gory and 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 try to have that like really nihilistic tone. Well, there you go. Not saying you're wrong, just just trying oh, to give a little I... background about why the tone is so different in that movie. Sure. Well, and and I guys especially me with these movies i'm not even going to be right or wrong i just like i i it just i, I just it's a yes, questions. it's hard to shake the, the point of view of of the the tonal differences between first three last two totally sure 
I still like them. I still think they're consistent. (laughs) Consistently. All right. Do we all do scene and shot? And I did. Yes. I know. Adam. Yes. Adam, did you? You did shot, I did shot, yeah. My favorite scene, I actually, I got to say, there is one, there's a moment of pretty good acting, I I think, uh, and this will actually go into my unsung hero, uh, is my unsung hero is Ellen Sandweiss. Um, and when she comes in from being outside and she's asking Ash to leave, I actually, that was a really like the camera, I believe is just kind of circling the group. And she is very, I mean, she's very convincing in that moment. Like you, I, I don't like, we have to leave. I, I need to leave. At no point did I see her as like, I don't know, some, shrill woman put in there because she was loud like I, I i totally believed her in that moment so that's my uh scene and unsung hero she is my unsung hero as well this movie would not work without cheryl her performance is fantastic um what she had to go through was horrendous and i um she knew about the tree scene but she didn't know how far it was going to go so that was that's disappointing and and you know she was like yeah my mom went to the uh the preview with me and we didn't and i had no idea that's what it would look like on screen um but but that's that's no good no no of course it's you know we all do really we do things when we're 20 that we look back at and go wow we should not have done that um and nobody should have put us in that position but her performance in this is the heart of the movie without it it wouldn't work she's she is my favorite person in this movie uh, I mean, I, I hate to be boring, but we're going three for three on Unsung yes. Heroes because I think, man, I, I even the the first, when when the hand draws for her, the clock for her, I, I'm fully with Cheryl. Like I want, I want good things, and I know it, it's going to be all bad things for Cheryl. And um, I think she's funny when she's just talking shit in the cellar. I think she's scary when she does her turn like I think she hits every base and I think she, there's just that earn, like you talked about that earnestness when she wants to go it is like I believe she doesn't want to be there like I'm like oh she's trying to get out of the movie right now is how bad she wants to go so I think she is that it was the easiest unsung hero I've had so in, in this season of a thousand one all the movies we've done I, this is this is 19 right oh my god oh well, hold on I can actually hold on I can look that up pretty quick I think that's 19, and this was by far the easiest unsung oh, hero. Uh, you know, not actually, including uh, the, not including rankings. Oh, not including not including rankings. the rankings, just the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Then yes, you are correct. Yeah, so 19 movies we've done, and you know, so usually when my notes at the end, I have like a few people unsung hero, and I like vet them out on like as I go through my notes, and this was it was Cheryl, and it never changed. It couldn't be in there. So great job. I mean, I, I think that our, our LVP for this would also be Scotty, right? Like, we all agree, LVP. Like, aggressively. Yeah. Like, if I, if, if I went to 7-Eleven right now and he was there, I think I'd fight him. <laughs> like, it's been 42 years. And I'm like, okay, who's worse, Scott. him or too Rocky? Happy. Oh, that's a great question. That is the question of the episode right there. That's amazing. Rocky. <laughs> I don't, let's see. I feel like Rocky has a little bit of heart, whereas Scotty's just a douchebag. So fuck him. Yeah, I, I'm gonna chalk up Rocky's ignorance to just being created. You know, S- Scott has had a couple of decades to try to get his <laughs> shit together, and he has just not done it. 
I also think that he was like, he he had to use a different name because he was a SAG actor or there was a reason why he couldn't use his own name in it. So so like he he should have known better. <laughs> he should have been better. He, he, he was not. He was not better. All right. It's now time for the Ooh, question. Shit. Everybody is nervous and, and nervously anticipating Adam's answer as he has been really on the fence all night. Folks, does this book belong in the book? A thousand and one movies to see before you die. And uh, I can't deal with the anticipation anymore. Adam, what is your answer? Uh, no, I don't think. No preamble on this one. No intelligent quote to pull before. There's two hours of preamble. Um, it, it's, it, it's a no, it's a, it's a, it's a no, it's a pretty easy no for me. Um, uh, and so I decided to replace it, uh, with, uh, with a horror movie that I do very much enjoy. Um, it's a more recent one too, as I think, obviously I think it, not that, you know, we have to just fill the book with new shit. Uh, but I think that this movie is pretty tried and true. I've mentioned it on the pod before. I've never actually used it as a replacement, um, and so I am going to replace The Evil Dead with uh, the wonderful uh, film from 2014, the featured director, uh, the feature debut of Australian director Jennifer Kent, and I am replacing it with The Babadook. Great choice. Great movie. Great movie. Babadook uh, is a great replacement. Um, yep, I th- that's fantastic. I love I the think Babadook. The perf- performance in it uh the the main performance by essie davis um and even from the kid who at times is unsufferable but i actually like him at, at a lot throughout um i think it's thematically rich i think it's shot really well and um hot damn just a good movie just a great horror flick um and one that freaks me out quite honestly it, it, it fucking freaks yeah. me out uh so yeah i'm replacing evil dead with uh with the babadook oh man oh, all right babadook that's it's a great movie. Love any any positive talk about the Babadook. So totally off awesome. topic, but do you guys remember when the Babadook became a gay icon? Because <laughs> it's my favorite thing. I I was aware of that. Yes, yes. Yeah, that 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 came in. It's, it's lovely. I love it. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> All right, Brit. So here's the thing. I'm not sure. Um. And I I put in here that I'm going to let the conversation really rule my choice because as much as I love The Evil Dead, we have another movie that does what The Evil Dead does, but better. And that is Evil Dead 2. Honestly, I think that all around, like, it's kind of incredible that um, Sam Raimi had three chances with the same story. We have the cons, the, like his his proof of concept with Within the Woods. I'm not sure if either of you watched it, but it's you don't have to. It's basically the same thing. Um, we have the Evil Dead and we have Evil Dead Two, and it's very cool that he had the opportunity to tell this story so many times. So I think that I'm actually I, I'm going to go with no only because I think that Evil Dead 2 should be in the book instead, because I, I do think it's it's a more polished version of this movie. I, I kind of want to put Evil Dead in just to spite Adam. Um, but I do think that if I did, it would be going against what I, I, I did kind of think on my way into this conversation, even though I feel like this was a, an, an awesome conversation. And I, I really do love this movie. 
That's a good answer. I think many people would agree with you as well. I think that's good. For me, easy. Yes. I love this movie. I think it belongs here. I think it's, you know, it started something. I think it holds up. I think, you know, cult things matter. I I love it. I fuck. I I love Sam Raimi. I love Bruce Campbell. And I'm so happy that things like this exist in a book like this for people to see and hopefully that starts their engagement into the wonderful wonderful world. And so for me, it is a yes. So I am a yes. Where does it no? But we're to put in Evil Dead 2. And Adam, surprisingly, is a no. I know, but that was a shock. Put in the Babadook. And everybody loves the Babadook, so how mad can we be about it, right? It was as shocking as when I didn't want to put Rocky Horror in. Man. That still really confuses me. Those are really, I'm those still are really not on sure. the same level, too. We had, we had Brit say so many good things about Rocky Horror, but then be conflicted, and me just come in going, this movie blows, and uh, I don't want <laughs> those Those feel like the same thing. Yeah. It's the same level of left turns, no matter how much I try to build it up. But, well, you know, different views of this movie, but I do think that this was one of the most fun conversations we've had. I, I had an absolute blast talking this through. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So, and I think that's the point of it. So, like I said earlier, find us at a thousand and one by one, everywhere, whatever social medias exist at this point. I don't, I don't know, but we'll be there. Come tell us what you think and talk to us about it because that's what we love to do. That was the Evil Dead. Brit, where are we going next? Huh. Another movie that I think Adam really loves. Um, <laughs> we are going to be talking about Hexen, one of the first. It's one of the one of the silent films that's in the book, and it is all about witchcraft. And I have a lot to say about this film, so I am very excited to have this conversation. Guess who's done a deep dive on witchcraft, everybody? This girl. I hey, I will dive as deep as the supplements on the Criterion edition I have will let me. So perfect. There it is. And I'm all in. Let's go. Um, uh, that I have not watched it. That this will be a this will be a first true watch. Awesome. Well, from uh, from the Necronomicon to witches, um, I am Adam. I am Brett, and I am Joey. And we will see you next time with 